0: Darling, go on. <laughs> what is it, darling? Hi. Oh, darling. Hey everyone. Welcome to Praise Dionysus. Hello hey, Jake. Th- hello James. I'm James. You're James. How are You're you? You're Jake. Yeah. I'm well. I'm wrapped in a fur. I'm feeling rich and <laughs> fabulous. How are you? I'm fine. Speaking of fur, did you know? Did I tell you this? <laughs> Maybe. A friend of mine told me this. With this, speaking of fur, that Jared mm. Leto, go on, who apparently has started a cult, separate issue, does not surprise me. The man's insane. Jared Leto mm. wore a coat that was made out of the skin of unborn sheep. <laughs> oh my god! What? <laughs> apparently, it's so comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen the light of day. Oh my god! What? Like, as yeah, in, like he, and he wore it to like an awards ceremony. Wait, I'm confused. Like, like they they surgically remove the. They sheep have from to what get it they, pre- they get a pregnant sheep. <laughs> These fashionistas They oh, get a sheep pre- A pregnant one Murder it no. Take out the unborn baby Oh my god And then what? yeah And then obviously because The unborn baby sheep are so little You have to get Trigger warning baby dead <laughs> Oh my god You have to get hundred and one Dead baby <laughs> exactly. sheep Exactly Yes Oh my god Anyway I didn't mean to talk about that It's Cruella pretty Cruella de Cruella Deletto. Yes, it's not bad. It's not. Yeah it's not bad. It's <laughs> not oh, great. What? You come up with something better? No, I can't. I, I'm too shaken. That's fine. Um, That's horrible. Anyway, yeah. Uh... Guys, this is not though. I'm wearing. I'm, I've got Jake's furry sheet on me because I'm cold. I assume it's fake. <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel real. Shut up. You shut up. You poor bitch. That's such a cruel thing to say <laughs> in these circles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even afford real fun oh! um, um. How's well, you week? your week no, been? You first no, bitch. no, I'm. Her. Slightly taller. You go first. I'm more fabulous. Ugh. Out of five stars, James, what would you rate your week? I'd give a lot of them. I'd give a lot of them. A lot I'd of give stars. A lot of stars. I had a, I, like I worked obviously because I'm a working man, mm. uh, which was fine. And then I had like my three-day weekend. And what did I do? My sisters back in town, so we just hung out, had family dinners and we saw footloose your sister looks so lovely with her like long hair it's really long isn't mm. it yeah she looks great yeah yeah no she's she's just getting back into the swing of being in melbourne mm. she said this thing kate my sister kate has been living in london for the past i think like 8 years i don't know um and she's back here after 2 years and she just one of the first things she said was melbourne people are getting really grungy and and like a bit dirty aren't they Fashion wise Fashion wise Mm -hmm. Which I think is right But that's what happens When you're locked up For two years You sort of lose A bit of that I think that's what's happened We've slipped back a bit Oh you think the lockdown Did that to us I don't think it was Just the lockdown But I think that really Enabled people to sort of Be comfy in their sort of Loungewear, which makes, oh, lends itself to a bit more grungy vibes. Okay. Cause I don't, I'd, I'd been thinking about a similar thing lately mm. and I guess my mind determined that it was almost like with, you know, the late stage capitalist hellscape that we're in, <laughs> I started feeling like this aesthetic was almost people owning their lower classness. Sure. It's the thing that people are getting more comfortable with and they're not yeah. afraid of wearing their, their, their grungy dirtiness as almost a, like a show of their Class situation it's, it's, almost, it's almost as well Like a thing of Just wear what you have Wear what you have And yeah. a, and almost uh, People sort of like Turning their nose up At fanciness And and the wealthy Yeah, yeah 100% Yeah 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 Is something But yeah these are all thoughts these are all Isn't thoughts? fashion interesting Fashion's interesting And Kate is back in town Oh Kate's back And Kate's fashion back is in fashion and, um, Fantastic Otherwise uh, Last week uh, l- Last night I just hung out with Flynn In a very quiet evening Which was Sorry not to interrupt I hate so much Who is Flynn? You saw him in the show You know who he is I don't know who this person is Who's Flynn? My boyfriend Your boyfriend He's got a boyfriend He's got a boyfriend And we spent a lovely night Last night just watching television Okay So now I'm feeling recharged Revitalised Rejuvenated I'd give my week 38 stars 38 stars 38 stars stars Wow Out of of 5 Great And Je- and Jake, what would you what, What's going on What's what's on What's going on over there Hello uh, oh. What's going on over here first, Oh, oh. <laughs> I almost forgot to do this I have to mop up Last week I said that I was About 17 years old When I was kissing that photo <laughs> Remember, we were, yes, photos, no, remember we were talking About kissing photos I remember talking about kissing photos And I, I said that I was yeah. 17 And then the moment That we stopped recording I was like That's not when I was that It was because like, I remember I was in year 8 Because I know exactly The person the photo was of I was in year 8 And for some reason <laughs> First off You're very different Between when you're 14 Versus when you're 16 <laughs> Uh huh I think, as a young boy. <laughs> um, so it's important to establish that I was in Mr. Oliver's homeroom when I was doing this for photo- kissing. Oliver? No, I was not in love with Mr. Oliver. <laughs> yes, you were. This funny, it really had a flair for fractions. <laughs> no, yeah. um, yes. And it's also because... Break uh, that ass in half. For some reason, it also felt necessary to co- only correctly engage with these tinkery... I don't know, when tinkering with the past through anecdotes... I, I I get fearful of doing it incorrectly. Uh-huh. I don't want to dive into why, and uh, I doubt You don't even want me to, to no. because you don't look super excited about <laughs> no, the things I'm, I'm saying. No, I just if you're not going to tell me who the photo is of, I don't care. Uh, well, maybe I'll get there, but at the moment, I'm not oh, ready to disclose. Me on the edge of my I'm sorry, young love. It's tricky. I'm pretty sure re-listening to that episode because I do every time because I love the sound of my own voice. Mm. I'm pretty sure I got so much wrong about Harry Potter. Like in terms of the plot, I'm the pretty plot. sure, like the plot of the play or of, of of the the actual original Harry Potter books, I'm pretty sure I got quite a bit of that wrong. So you know what? Like I said, don't agree with everything I said originally, but hey, here yeah. we are. Well, what's fortunate is his, like, Harry Potter isn't actually a thing that happened in history. No, so, no, we're not. You know, no. incorrectly analyzing. It happened in my history. Sure, but it's it's not really the Bayeux Tapestry or, or World War Two, is it? What's so the Bayeux Tapestry. The Bayeux Tapestry is like the depiction of I think. King William the Conqueror William the Conqueror like a really long one It's a long piece of fabric with a with a picture of a bunch of battles on it with all those like really boring 2D like like Anglo-Saxon people throwing spears at each other and stuff It's like a drawing of fighting in like Viking yeah. times yeah, yeah yeah okay right Yeah. And, like, re- okay it represents like him coming into England it's, and other things, I think it's like just a lot of Viking action and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't penned by JK Rowling. So Thank God. look, I'll go on. Yeah. I'll go on record saying that I prefer the Bayeux Tapestry to the whole of Harry Potter. <laughs> and I prefer Harry Potter's whole. Disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, Your week? Otherwise my week has been fine. It's been okay. Oh no, no, it had <laughs> a pretty low low in it, um, which I'll get into, um, Because it's kind of attached to one of the shows a bit. And yeah. Oh Oh no, no, don't be worried. But otherwise... What's happened? I finished Mini Driver's memoir. Well, I started and finished Mini Driver's memoir. Mm-hmm. Why are you making a face? Because you know, you know, I don't know who Mini Driver is. No one does. Except who for is one- that? Look, other than my Canadian pal, <laughs> no one knows who Mini Driver is. <laughs> so is, is Mini Driver a Canadian person? No, no. Mini Driver. <laughs> she's British, and okay. she is an actor. And she, you'll either know her. You definitely know her face. You- you'll either know her from Goodwill Hunting, no. or you'll know her from Ella Enchanted. No, or you'll know her from Will and Grace. Maybe which one in Will she and Grace? She plays John Cleese's daughter. Oh. You know how like Karen develops like a feud with John Cleese's daughter and in she's the movie. Like, is, really like, is she really young? She's quite young. And she's like very long and like tight dresses, and she's just kind of mean. Oh, I vaguely remember the character, but I don't remember the. But yeah, person. she's wonderful. She yeah put a memoir out, and I read it very quickly. What's it called? It's called Managing Expectations. Oh, okay. Um and yeah she it was, was a like, mini jing. Expectations. Oh, that's what she should have gone Uh with. Uh, But yeah, it was fantastic. It was really, really great. It's just another really fantastic memoir. Oh, success. That was good. So that felt good. Um, I did this foolish thing where... (sighs) I'm not going to go too too deep into this misery But uh-huh. I, read not to spoil The memoir, I think you should read it It, it like ends with the death of her mother And I uh-huh. did this genius thing where I Had almost finished the book and I was into the Throes of her mother very much dying uh-huh. And then the tram I was on while I was reading Got to the stop I had to get to So I had to stop <laughs> sort of teary eyed reading About Minnie Driver's mother dying uh-huh. Then had to start my shift at a Mexican restaurant Oh <laughs> no And then I had to spend all of my Mother's Day shift at this Mexican oh, restaurant no. Thinking about Minnie driver's death and how I'd put it on hold in order to to serve tacos. <laughs> oh my god. So um, out of 5? Out of 5, I'd give it like I'll give it 55 stars out of 5 just because in my mind 55 is a very neutral number and the, as low as this week got, it got pretty good too. Can I change my number? I feel bad about No, phone. I'm sorry, oh, fuck. No. The stenographer wrote it down and, you know, doesn't have a backspace. Have you looked into stenography? It's wild. Um, they write down, like rather than writing letters, they write down phonetic sounds And you know, it's like combos of little button yeah. pushes Yeah, little yeah. button pushes Crazy It's wild Crazy Yeah Alright Alright Well, well the uh, competition sh- has begun, who becomes a stenographer first? Me, it's already me Can you hear me stenographing? That is convincing stenography go. mime I'm just being that person in the law Do you want to start talking about some theatre? Yeah, why not Alright <laughs> Jake Yes, Jake. When I say Peaches <laughs> Sorry, You didn't even wait for me to respond no, to you no, before you launched, me. into... I don't yeah. care about what you have to say. Go ahead. Jake. Jake, when I say peaches and Tasmania, what comes to mind? When you say peaches and Tasmania yeah. as its own the words peaches and Tasmania. So when you pair them together, when you hurl yes. them at me in that strange Siamese twin <laughs> Yep. Peaches and Tasmania. What comes to your mind? My brain is trying to concoct a tourism campaign that's trying to lure people to Tasmania to taste the peaches. I'm sure they grow peaches in Tasmania. Why are you sure because of that? Because they grow everything. Isn't, isn't like Tasmania renowned for like orchards and things like that, and like, like having like vineyards and 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 and, and like. Whenever I think of Tasmania and I try to concoct trivia about it, I <sighs> go via the Tasmanian tiger to immediately confusing it with New Zealand. And I'm not going to apologize for (laughs) that. I'm I'm proud. smarter But it can't be bothered <laughs> So See, sometimes I think they filmed Lord of the Rings In Tasmania no! no 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 They so didn't I, I know Hobbiton's still there Yeah but Nope Alright oh, uh, You should think of <laughs> Call Me By Your Dead Name oh, okay A show by our chum Full disclosure Yep Henry Kelly Yes Yes full disclosure We are pals with Henry Kelly Yes Who put a show on At the Butterfly Club We both saw it On the same night Together Which hasn't happened For a while No, no You're right Yeah it was yeah. quite nice mm-hmm. no, We, oh, we went with Our and Yourself. Blonde Haley, who you may have heard about through the podcast once or twice. Blonde Haley came. Blond Haley us. was with us. Mm-hmm. Yes, went to um uh Brunetti's beforehand. We did. to <laughs> guest bag to <laughs> get some hot gossip <laughs> off of our chests. Oh yum 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 yum. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. And it was hot gossip as well. Hot gossip. Uh, it is. I have like I have a confrontation. Oh in yeah, store. you have a confrontation. There was oh, dramatic my... gossip. Dramatic gossip. Not get I need caught to caught up in this dramatic gossip. No, yes, no, we can't I mean... talk about it on the podcast. No, I mean, text me if you want the details. But I so call me by your dead name. Uh, yes. Uh, we went to see it. what it was—an evening show at the Butterfly Club. It was In a night It was the upstairs space, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Because they were straight away. I've, I'm gonna, gonna get the. It's here we go, getting it off the chest. Oh God, get ready, everyone. The piano bar downstairs was too loud. The, the piano bar It was a show downstairs No it wasn't it like That thing where you like They come along And they all just have A communal sing with the piano The is piano it... bar Isn't that what that was <laughs> Well what sort of Scrooge are you, you No, know that's real That's a real The thing. cabaret that I was watching Was disrupted by the Uproarious glee Of there the people too downstairs much fun It was it Reminded me of um, Anytime we uh, Anytime we were rehearsing At the Footscray Bluestone Art Centre And mm. the fucking Band would be Performing at the side It was like This is too much <laughs> This is ridiculous Ah, God you're grumpy I am a grumpy Happy boy, I will not apologise um, But apart from that mm-hmm. Apart from The disruptive youths are downstairs Yes, what else was upsetting you? TikTok? Um, TikTok, I don't like time Don't know anything about apps um, oh. um, There was this quiz hmm. that I watched someone Talk about on the internet Where they were, like, they were trying to discern whether or not They were a millennial or a Gen Z And one of the questions was when you hear TikTok Do you think of the app or do you think of the Kesha song? Oh my god what do you think of? Well, who in their right mind thinks of the Kesha song before the app nowadays? You would be that person. Well, that's the thing. I don't think the quiz... This may blow your mind. I think this BuzzFeed quiz wasn't truly scientific. No! <laughs> I'm arguably the largest Kesha fan that there is. Absolutely. And I still would think of the app before the Kesha song. Wake up in the morning. Feeling just like Padiddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish we probably talk about the show. Hey. Oh, call me by your dead name. Call me by your dead name mm-hmm. by Henry Kelly. Um, a I guess you would say like bio... bio An autobiography? But like, what would you say? I'd say it's a cabaret. But, like, isn't... Okay, now, here's something. Go ahead. Cabaret. Yes. That, to me, recommends... <laughs> no, Jake. <laughs> I'm Jake. I'm Jake. <laughs> yes, I'm not some French person named Cabaret. Jake. Yes. Your, go- your jokes are too much for me. <laughs> I'm too dumb and pretty. I can't Continue get them. Continue What are you saying? Uh, Cabaret, that, to me, suggests... Not audience participation so much. Ew, but yeah. But audience... Yuck. But audience, like, interaction to a degree. Like, acknowledgement of, of audience being there. Which I feel... Um, this this wasn't so. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this a cabaret. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't. Well, I guess it didn't have any songs, which well, makes that's it very true by well, definition, not a cabaret. But I well, think it it's a one man show. I think it's it's yeah, just a one man show, so it's not a cabaret. Did you start off saying it was a cabaret? No, you just said it was a cabaret. I said it was a cabaret. Yes, you can rewind the tapes. Oh god. Oh dear. Oh, no. <laughs> we need to get a stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one. Here he is. Oh, hi, ticky ticky typey. Uh, hello. Oh my god. Have I never seen a male stenographer? Oh my god. Because I immediately concocted one and named her Bearful. But <laughs> <laughs> They're always just ladies with like beautiful smiles, red lips, and done up hair. We're not gonna get into that again because we need we to can't. talk about the show. Of course. But that's you're absolutely right. Call me by your of, dead name. Call me by dead name. Did any part of you want it to be about Call Me by Your Name? Uh, I, I definitely thought there would be more references to Call Me by Your Name. I think the ultimately why it was called Call Me by Your Dead Name was worked in really well. But I was fully prepared for it to be like Arnie Hammer's a Cannibal. I was ready for that. Mm-hmm. I was I was ready for a lot more. Call, call me by your name references. Okay, but I, I appreciate the I appreciate the way that I, I won't spoil it because it's quite a. Why don't we go into what the the story was? Yeah, you 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 go into that. I'll okay, listen. sure. Okay, sure. So it was it was very much it was about Henry Kelly's experience, um, transitioning into becoming Henry Kelly mm. through the means through which. This trans individual did so. In Tasmania. And well, then, well, I guess obviously, not in Tasmania, but like from Tasmania. Well, no, yeah. No. So it sort of goes into uh, like, uh, Christi- was It Was it a branch of Christianity specifically? Was it Catholicism? I'm tr- Catholic guilt was mentioned a few times. Yeah. So I imagine it was Catholic. So yeah. growing up, tethered somewhat to the church and the church community in Tasmania. Mm. Um, the, the only daughter in the family... At the time... At the time, at yeah, At the time yeah, yeah. that he was born, that was... Which, for sure, um, um, yeah. Grew up tethered to the church somewhat, and then the, the story, as it then unfolded in front of us, it, it delved into the conflict that exists in kind of any person, any any person brought up in the church, and they're mm. reckoning with their own sense of ethics and identity alongside their belonging to that community. Yeah, and maybe, um, maybe it's just me. I, I have not grown up around a lot of people who are heavily invested in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, So I've, I I found it actually quite interesting to see someone our age sort of like... Coping with that, because there are a few like references to Henry made to how much he loved misses that sort of sense of community and that sort of uh, warmth and safety felt in that church. Mm-hmm. And I've never sort of really, I've never, I've only ever heard it sort of spoken about as church is evil. So it was quite, I, I found interesting to hear a friend of ours sort of talk about missing. That sort of community That was just something I Sure to well that sort of in. community stuff Yeah is, is mm. Obviously part of why people Stick around in the church In the first place I thought it was just the guilt It's a number of things been just that No it's complicated is Not there... to blow your mind But there's layers to it Because I also grew up In the church Were you in a Catholic Sort of church? Yeah It was a sort of Catholic church uh, Yes Oh I was in a <laughs> Sort of, oh, ca... sort there of Catholic There were a lot of maybes Throughout Catholic. all the services Yeah yeah, yeah. I was yeah. in a uniting church Oh okay We had yeah. female and gay ministers Oh my god, we um, weren't ready for that No, we, no, no, you weren't united No, we had mm. grumpy old white guys um, Yeah, with varying degrees of rage About our commitment to their Their undertakings Oh, that's that's classic That's, that's classic But yeah, no, yeah Catholic schooling from prep until 12 yeah, That would have been Anglican school Oh, yeah, 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 yeah So you walk in Walk in, first thing Beautiful um, Oh god I've already forgotten um, their name McKenna McKenna Olivia McKenna's done a wonderful job Of the um, candles I am a sucker for candles We have candles going right now We Um I'm wrapped in fur And that's very much the vibe We walk in this beautiful Sort of melted candles To the side of the stage um, Which if you've ever been To the Butterfly Club In that space Just felt It already felt very like You walk in it's like Religion That's religion that was lovely and I thought it was um immediately set the scene for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, do you like the candle vibe? I like candle vibes, of course. Um I didn't go to church immediately, I went more in like a like a romantic ooh, like a melty candle friend's proposal, the craft which oh, sure. like seance yes. direction. I my mind didn't go straight to church. Okay, okay, well, mine did. So mm. that's why we're different people. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'd say... Let's even like talk about the form. So as we've said, it's not a cabaret, even though I started off saying that it was apparently. I refuse to go back and check. Rewind it. the tapes! Nope! And I... Yeah, so in terms of it being a one-man show, it was this interesting tension between I guess it's not even an attention; it's more of a choice and it's a choice that I found interesting to watch in execution and then I tried to instigate conversations about it in the foyer afterwards but mm. people seemed to glaze over a little bit when I wanted to talk about it But <laughs> so Henry's show itself of course being a one-man show it still sort of existed and with it being in the butterfly club and the butterfly club being kind of like a quintessential cabaret space mm. with it being a one-man show instead there was still kind of this film of a fourth wall up in front of Henry Even though there were moments That he went into the audience Even though there were moments Of kind of direct address And he did hand a prop To Blonde Haley, Like there was stuff That rich, Nearly to you Nearly to me But then you know Very wisely avoided Because Oh yeah Yeah Do Absolutely. not make me participate No no I'll try but I'll fail I won't say <laughs> no I won't say no But you I'll won't say no I will will say Oh I don't really You did say no What are you talking no, about No I didn't I I mean, I'll I'll say, say no Beyonce or Rihanna I said neither that's no, that's honesty. Okay. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so it was interesting because it was a one man show in, in all the ways that a one man show is a one man show, but it didn't have, like it was, it was text that had been memorized and staged and directed, mm. but it wasn't something that felt like it was being said to us. Like, it, I think even as I was distilling my thoughts, as I went home, it was like the show wasn't words that, Henry was telling us It was a show That Henry was showing us It was very much Here is my experience I'd like to show you That experience Sure. But I, I was yeah. Really grateful for. Well even still And I think I had heard Someone describe the show As some type of poetry At some point And I was oh, like Oh yeah Oh in a way This is kind of like A, a type of performed poetry In the way that it's mm. like It's rather floral language Set in yeah. a row In front of us On stage With the illusion of it being Something quite Off the cuff And intimate Yeah But in execution Was more like It was It was a it was a, a, Like a lengthy chunk of text yeah. Exploring a number of themes in a row And thinking about it I think with that sort of st- if, if I were to tell A, a deeply personal story like that I almost wouldn't want to invite Any sort of audience Um Interaction Because I would feel Me personally I think I would be concerned That like well, The story Henry was telling Was like obviously It was quite a traumatic one And a very mm-hmm. deeply personal one And I don't think I would want to invite Banter from the audience Or anything Well Cause sure Yeah Because then you almost Have to start You know You need to have The skill set Of a stand up comedian Almost Yeah I Yeah suppose. absolutely Which which, yeah I don't think Would have fit the vibe Almost Well it, it clearly Wasn't the vibe That Henry wanted yeah, is it? yeah 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 Um It certainly has to be said That he has terrific diction <laughs> The way you said diction makes me think that maybe you have terrific addiction. <laughs> oh, thank you for noticing my diction. My mm. diction. Oh, your diction's out. Uh, I I I will not participate in this. No, penis hit every T. Hint every P, yes. Yes, uh, yeah, great diction. Great diction. Um And he's a great talker, great voice <laughs> to talk. Yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know how else to What say. are you gonna talk about next? I can't talk about the specific thing I want to talk about because it is sort of essential to like the later half of the. Oh, show. God, is it Voldemort? Voldemort. 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 Continue. Oh, that's funny. You're a ditzy fool. Go on. Um, no, I just, um, as full disclosure, a close friend of Henry's. Yes. I sort of, sort of saw the ending coming just because I know Henry's life, mm. um, and so like the whole time I was sort of like, oh, waiting for it because I knew there was going to be an emotional gut punch at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, like, he sort of did this sort of skirting around it the whole way through. We were sort of like waiting for it to land. Mm. Um, and yeah, when it eventually did, I, I thought I would be braced for it because I was sort of, you know, I'm, I'm close and sort of aware of the story of because Henry awfully like, suffered a great loss. Mm. Uh, and, but when it came around, I, it still got me. Like, it's still, like, the way that Henry put it after all of this sort of preamble was just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, hearing friends on stage by themselves in front of just this audience talk really succinctly about their life experience like that is really, mm. um, I don't know, moving. Like, I just found it very. In, like, a really nice way. it was just like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, That's so interesting, I think, because even listening to you talk about it right then, like, th- this is honestly the first time that I've thought about the thing that you just said. Mm. In terms of, it just got me thinking about, you know how when you've got, obviously, you know, the concept of Sonda. Everyone is complicated and has a full, <laughs> rich life. <laughs> um, but even just thinking about friends that you have, um, well, that I have, and you, that you dream of one day having. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, friends that you have, and they go through things, and the things that become kind of like parts of their history. Mm. Like the, th- the real sort of bullet point events that happen to them throughout their lives and the things that yeah. have turned them into who they are. Yeah. And the so. things that you, even as yourself or as them, would, would list among the things that have turned them into the person that they are today. Like, I don't know, it goes back to an old idea we've had of everyone should do a cabaret at some point. Yes. But yep. the thought of... This being a real chance for what... what I, I can't speak for Henry. I don't know, know him as well as you do. Mm. But this show kind of almost felt like the ultimate telling of this sort of collection of things that happened to Henry. Like he, he touches on transitioning and touches on a, a death that occurs and touches on a relationship that he's been in. And yeah. this felt like almost like a grand, beautiful version of when you're sitting with someone you know quite well... And, and someone that doesn't know them very well, and your friend starts telling a story that you've heard all of before or, or you've forgotten some of or and it's one of those stories about like their mother's death or mm. about a near miss they had, or mm. about an art project they worked on, or something really terrible that happened, or like a friendship that, that, that got destroyed at some point. And you get to hear this story told from beginning to end to a brand new set of ears and I don't know, and, and it just being, a really great telling of a story. Yeah. Um, and it really changes the way that you hear that story again. From absolutely. Being told to fresh ears. Yeah. And when you, when you're in that real life context or when you're in kind of the magical realm of, of a theater space, there's something so beautiful about a, a like a true story getting told that helps you more greatly grasp what someone's gone through. And then mm. alter, also to, I know I keep on this podcast talking about the generosity of storytelling. Um, it's of, a good te- thing to talk about. Yeah, of 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 and of telling true stories and and truly trying to reflect some part of your personal experience on stage for people being such an act of tremendous generosity um and and soulfulness. Um and and yeah, this show is obviously an example of that type of generosity, and it's something that I'll always be grateful for. Yeah, um, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Hello. Hey. What did you do? Hey, James. What's up? Hi. Hey, I went to see a show. Did ya? Yeah. What was the show? <laughs> oh my god. Um, I went to I went to Theatre Works in St Kilda. Love the place. Um, yeah. I and I saw the Human Voice. Which one? Which one? I Which saw human the voice? Human Voice. It's a play by Jean Cocteau. Is Jean Cocteau like a modern play person? Or Jean like a- Cocteau died in the '60s. Okay. Like the 1960s. He was like a French guy. Jean Cocteau. I Jean- like. I. I there's a cock joke there i can't make it though i'm sure you'll find I'll it, figure it yeah, out. yeah Jean cocteau he was like a he was like everything he was like a like a novelist and a poet and a play writer, <laughs> which is what we like to be called that's a lot of things uh, yeah and uh yeah he wrote this it's a play that was translated by iris gaylard who also did the dramaturgy because it was originally in french uh jane montgomery griffiths full disclosure Aww. she taught me for a few lessons during my undergraduate degree she was this, this like she's so phenomenal she's literally mm. like one of the most talented people in the country okay. she's Amazing And she You might number among those people Thank you Someday If there's a huge genocide Maybe there will be Maybe maybe there will be I Yep She taught me Shakespeare a couple of times And it was just so gripping And as I've You know Reported to you And to others And to you dear listeners Even I am not The the hugest Shakespeare fan In fact she hate Shakespeare But she I don't hate him But yeah, But she yeah Was engaging And got me riled up About the whole situation But yeah She's a tremendous performer And has quite You know A long list of credits To her name Yeah hot she's really fantastic that's why i went in very excited just to see her like be in a thing especially to be in a thing by herself like she was just like on stage alone yeah lovely um yeah so well, on I went, one I, people shows one people shows yeah. well they're cheaper aren't they wow okay <laughs> that's the only reason jake goes to one people shows what no oh no not cheaper to attend mm-hmm. like cheaper to make like if you don't have to pay as many people still sounds pretty bad jake oh my god <laughs> um so yes went there i went on the first preview night oh lovely hmm Um, I'd score tickets to the first preview. I, well, I just bought a ticket. Oh. (laughs) What are you talking about? I don't know. (laughs) I always imagined you couldn't buy a preview ticket. I assume previews had to be like Had to be what? Casting. Like not cast, but like crew family and stuff like that. That was Yeah, like sometimes previews have some sort of exclusivity to them, but oftentimes they are just Okay, well never mind, carry on. You bought a ticket to a preview. went to the first preview. It was illegal. (laughs) And then yeah, went inside, sat in the front row. And then this so before the show started. So you go in and it's like super foggy. Okay. And the set is kind of like this like disc. Good idea. And um it was kind of like the wreckage of what looks like you know those fancy walls that like rich people have? My mind goes okay. to the Von Trapp mansion from Sound of Music. You Crosters. know how, was, you know how the, the walls are kind of like made out of like, like rectangular panels and they have like their own kind of like framey adornments inside of those panels? Anyway, my, 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 no. my wall fans out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> my sexy little architects. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Get it. they're definitely out there listening. Um, so the set itself was like on this disc and then the wall, so it was like carpeted and then the wall was kind of constructed of like the wreckage, like the smoldering wreckages of kind of like those walls. Sure. There Which like, apparently exists. What? Yeah, and and that yeah, those walls encircled half of the playing space. Um, and Jane Montgomery Griffiths was like lying in the space yep. um, alongside a phone. It is it- once again a, cr- a crime, a tragedy that you can't see Jake's arms describing this set. <laughs> There's a lot of arm movements going on. <laughs> it looked very nice. Did it? Uh, it did. And then, yeah, I sat there and then the show started. Oh, wait, no, before the show even starts, this is what I wanted <laughs> to say. So Bryony Dunn who is the director, Bryony Dunn comes out just before the show starts. Um, and she's like, hi everyone. Obviously this is the first preview. Um, please and- be nice <laughs> She didn't say please be nice But it was like um, Obviously this isn't the show start Like is it? this is not opening night This is not the first showing of the show In its complete yeah. form um, But it's it's d- To get the show to that point We can't not have an audience at some point In order to work out if what we're doing is working yep. um, So there might be like show stops And there might be things that we have to do again Or there might be mistakes And mm-hmm. you just seem to be ready for those things to happen Yeah um, which I just, uh, you know, I appreciated as an introduction, and it was like, a, I don't know, a nice way to get you into a, into the appropriate headspace. But yeah, I thought that was a cute time. Nice. Yeah. Ah, then the show started, and then it proceeded to rip me to pieces, yeah, good. <laughs> James. Yeah, <good>. It. <laughs> oh my god. Talking about like, we were talking about how we're going to talk about the shows this week, and Jake couldn't figure out where to put this show because it's going to send him into a spiral of tears. Oh my god. It was. It was so uniquely destructive in the way that oh it was just like Earthquaked me. It was so. So somehow, <laughs> so it's just Jane Montgomery Griffiths, at the start of the show, she's kind of like in this, she's all like dirtied up and bruised and just like looking as if she's almost just like witnessed an explosion. Mm. And she's got this phone with her and then she has this kind of like, I don't know what a camisole is. Maybe it's a camisole, almost just like a, like a, like a, like, a, like a, one of those like short silky dresses that you wear to bed. That's a camisole. That, that. so she sort of puts that on and then it's just her and this phone and that's the show, is like her answering the phone, talking into the phone, having a conversation on the phone with- Oh like, my God. Most of the time it's like an ex lover that she had. Well, that sounds annihilating already. Um, Sure. Um, So somehow early on, and I don't even know if it was done literally, Um, like I don't know if this is even present in the text, but I think, and like this is my post breakdown memory of what the show was like, was like the beginning, at some point it establishes Somehow, I think, because it's just this woman talking on the phone, it somehow establishes, in my mind, almost this binary between the physical act of love and the emotional experience of love. And the way... And I I think, like, the mind... The mindset that I went into this show in, and I didn't realise how long I'd had this existing paradigm of what experiencing love is like, but my... paradigm i was working with was that and it has to do with my relationship with language in the first place but like the belief that the the, the linguistic grasp of any emotional experience is integral to the experience of that emotion and love especially my understanding of it and how to correctly engage with it is to put words to it and wrestle with it and grapple with it and to discuss it and to be very conversational in one's experience of romance and of affection and of romantic love and then but there was something about the way this play unfolded and the text that we experienced and jane's performance and the fact of her being alone but on the phone to this person that she's had this disastrous love affair with as it kept going and going it just kept dismantling things inside of me just in the way that It was amazing because it was like the text took hold of me in this way of like It first somehow established that thing, that difference between Saying that you love someone and then showing them that you love them By the way that your bodies are just next to each other Like the difference of telling someone that you love them Versus holding on to their body Mm. You know, and the way that those two things are two different things entirely And there was this part where she is talking about the beginnings of love And talks about what it was like when one look could change everything and how now she's reduced to just talking to her lost love on the phone about the love that she used to share with this person. And 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 seeing her in these tatters with this dirt on her face in this smoldering house trying to have this conversation, it was just so devastating to see the, the, the different... Like, they're not even a similar experience. The idea of talking to someone that you love. and And as they say in a different part of the text, it's like, What it's like to have their head on your To have their head on your chest Or to have your head on their chest Or like the weight of your legs being uh, Like on each other in bed You know like that's Like that's what love is And it just like (laughs) And then just like and then later on, I was just like, "Walk like it, truly." Like, it had been so long since a play had left me feeling just like I felt like I'd been like hollowed out like a pumpkin. I just like oh my god, that sounds amazing. It was like it, it. I was like, it was almost retching. It was like, what's happened? And then I like left and was just like in pieces about it. And um, and <laughs> I don't know. I I felt like I needed to start cobbling together new theories about what love is and what, and what the, the compulsion to talk about your affection comes from, you know, especially with me being me and, and, you know, being a playwright and wanting to make work that deals with what love is and the experience of it. And I, I don't know. I started wrestling with this thought that now I'm still dealing with in the wake of seeing this show of like whether or not love truly is, like it's either a thing that you are currently in the act of doing. You're either currently holding on to someone, you're either currently, you know, pressing their body up against yours, you're currently kissing them, you're mm. currently putting their hair behind their ear, you're currently, you know, making them a sandwich. like these are that's loving someone. Like that's what love is. And then any other time you spend talking about these feelings, Anytime time you spend devoting any time to writing down how you feel or talking to your friend about a crush you have or asking someone for advice on how to, how to convince someone to like go on a second date with you or the, the, the times that you bring up someone in conversation just because you adore them so much and the conversation's dull, but you just, <laughs> you want to talk about them because mm. it feels so good to talk about them. Like that's not what love is. Like that's just a sign that you want to love this person. You know, it's a sign that you want to be next to them It's a sign that you miss having their hand in your hand You know, like I- mm. any talk of love about a specific love isn't the love It's longing for it, you know and, and, and language is just an act of longing when it's talk of love And it just ruined me, this show Jesus Christ, Jack. Oh my God God. <laughs> it sounds like an annihilator. I disagree. What do you disagree with? I disagree with um the, the talking about people and talking about the love can't be love. Because I feel that strongly, obviously, for Flynn, who mm. I bring up constantly. I, you know. Sure. Like I, I, I think that that's almost just as much a sign of love. Sure. But that's the thing, though. Is it a sign of love? Well, and no, is it an I, expression of love, yeah, where it's not being love itself? You and I are different in that I I I... And the sort of... I, I just don't think about love. I, I think it's pointless and dangerous to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it sends people into dangerous spirals. Sure. Um, and that's the thing. This play was that yeah. one of those spirals. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. And I think it's just one of those classic things of... Love is different to everybody. And every single person has completely different, unique ideas of love. And that's what makes constantly telling stories about love so interesting. Because everybody has a different way of telling that story. And everybody... Reads those stories differently Which makes even more Different ways of thinking About love mm-hmm. You know what I mean Yeah I don't know Yeah it sounds I'm really glad that work Had such an effect on you It sounds like a really Fucking reach into you Like a nutcracker <laughs> Sure mm. Yeah no yeah And I get the things you're saying That's super valid Um She used There was a point that came When it was like She was using the phone She was almost like it was like a land- Like a landliney Rotary phone thing mm. And she used the Phone cord Like I think connecting The base of the phone To the receiver Almost and use it physically and linguistically as like a, like a metaphor almost for like cutting the cord that exists between someone that you love and you. And oh, it, it really, it hammered home the idea of like that cord only exists for as long as you continue to permit it to. And, mm. and it's like, it's this connection that you're stuck with until you find a way to sever that connection between the two people and stuff like talking is what keeps that connection alive. Yeah. As far as I'm getting over a laugh You know And that's why The phone existing in this space Was such a cleverly loaded symbol Of the subject matter of the play There was also this thing Where It was only referenced a couple of times um, This dog This dog kept coming up Because the couple Shared a dog And that just also For me (laughs) Meant a lot Just in terms of like Thinking of love As a very primal Feeling And they talk about the dog Often not understanding Like the dog not understanding The complicated relationship That its owners are engaged in and it was just funny to then, obviously with the subject matter being put forth, being like, maybe the dog totally understands to the extent to which we ourselves are capable of understanding what love is. Like maybe love is so primal that even a dog can grasp what, what love, love is. That's what I think of love. Right? That, that's, okay. Yeah, I think I think it's just the sort of thing is like, we overthink it. We just overthink it. Yeah. Constantly. I think, I also think love is just one of those things that like, yeah, it only exists in your head, so it doesn't exist in your individual head. Mm-hmm. I think we have a very broad concept of love that comes from sort of like romanticism and like, you know, history and stuff. But I think love changes every time people grow up, yep. you know, like it is always different. Um... I hate dogs <laughs> Yeah I don't like them very much either no. I do want to point out Nicholas Pajanti did the lighting design And it was really really stunning mm. um, And I think too just one little thing that got said that isn't about love It's oh about um, <laughs> um, They described the experience of being a ghost <laughs> And in a very simple way Is she a ghost like, in the show? No okay. no but in a way that I'd never thought about a ghost before And that she described it as being um, Being able to hear But never being heard And it really made me understand why a ghost would lose interest in being a ghost. Because I think having to watch but never getting to be listened to or be perceived in your experience of something, I don't know, might become difficult. Sounds horrible. You know, I don't know. Um, Sounds horrifying. It's like but that um, the- that old saying I have no mouth but I need to scream it's like that yeah it's totally like that that's horrible yeah um but yeah but yeah um um yeah and then yeah saw it and then just to you know to, 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 you know put a put an ending on this tale of yep. Jake's woke deep breath so I got to the end of the play went outside in pieces <laughs> went home. Rattled to the bone mm-hmm. <laughs> Put yourself back home. together And I thought Oh I need something To take my mind off this And then I finished That book that I told you I was reading About the young boy And his soldier lover oh, And the god. artist Finished the book didn't Devastating end- devastating. <laughs> <laughs> devastating Did so, they all die from polio? Oh my god James No <laughs> see, see this devastating play Read this devastating book Jake. And then it was A type of sadness That I have not felt In years James, you have felt Some sadnesses Oh my god But it was It was, it was this species Of misery mm. That was like Oh my God. It was like this black hole. Jesus. And so I had to go to the supermarket <laughs> as uh, a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this very weepy walk. I was just Why open. Why did you call me? I was just openly crying. On my Why didn't call me, Jay. There were a number of people that I considered calling and I didn't call any of them. Was I one of them? Uh, yes, I considered calling you. Yes. yes! Um, but, I win yeah. friendship. But yeah, but then no, I spoke to a pal afterwards. I was like, I was, as you've just done, I was like, oh, I should have called someone. And she was like, yeah, you absolutely should have yeah, called should me. Have called but someone. I didn't want to feel burdensome. Oh, for um, fuck. And sake. she had a similar reaction to the one you just yeah, had. So it. this is just a reminder yeah, to you're everybody. An idiot. To everybody out there, if you were experiencing a grief like that, this is not a lifeline thing. Please well, don't <laughs> like call if, you were, if you were experiencing something, even as I was, knowing that it would eventually pass, as it still gradually is, um, your friends will not feel burdened if you no! reach out to them and tell them that you just saw a play and read a book that made you want to die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they will be grateful for the, the phone call. They'd love a call. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jay. Um, that's all. But that's The Human Voice by Jean Cocteau, directed by E. Dunn at TheatreWorks. I wouldn't mind a cockatow. Gross. <laughs> Welcome back to Praise Dionysus. Nights. Ooh. Yeah. Nights. We're recording this at night time. We are. Can we- you tell? Can you tell? Can you hear the heavy drip of the nighttime <laughs> seeping into the room? Can you hear that I'm a werewolf now? Yeah, that was one of my my werewolf pals, being like, Come out, Jack <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the wolfing hour. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the hour of wolfery And I said sorry I've Got a podcast to record <laughs> A woo <laughs> Um yes yeah, night time We're here recording Um we usually record this During the day So it feels spooky Yeah you're welcome For that little tidbit Anyway I went to I went to Monash Clayton Did I? I did Oh that's nice I, That's where I did My undergraduate degree Which I feel like I'm Only talking about that lately I You just have do, been I've yes, just been twice. talking about yes. The Bachelor of Performing and Arts And it has been discontinued It's been discontinued you ruined it I ruined it yeah. I was the reason they stopped like, so We can't ever We can't possibly get worse than than this <laughs> Like this is So bad So I went to Monash The other day In Clayton Uh huh uh-huh. um, And I went to the Alexander Theatre Which has been Re-fucking vamped oh, Really? Re-goddamn vamped They don't even have A performing arts course They don't And that's Isn't that That's pretty fucking sad It's, it's interesting Watching these things happen Where it's like You've discontinued A performing mm. arts degree but you now have all this money to inject into having one of the like loveliest theater facilities that I've ever freaking seen. That's pretty sad. It's devastating. Yeah. It's this. Oh my god! What a comic tragedy that is. Yes. So yeah, went to uh, went to Clayton Monash Fine. and went yeah went to the Alexander Theater. Stunning building. And went inside, there was staff. Like, it's that legitimate. Oh Sorry, I'm getting hung up on the venue. No, because th- um, the last time I went, it was just an empty black box of a room. So this is a whole different thing. This is like the larger theatre that's been on the campus for quite some time. That oh. was, yeah, not really often activated by the student theatre. Right, okay. Like, it's where we did, it's where you would have seen me in Spring Awakening. Oh, it's- yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that yeah. theatre, but it's that's much more. Th- that was a fairly good theatre. Fairly good, but now it's like stunning and lavish. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, it's bonkers. Great. Um, Yeah, so I went there to see Kill Climate Deniers. Good, kill them all, kill them die Um, Yeah, so we went there um, to (laughs) see this play It's by David Finnegan And yeah, in the foyer beforehand I met this lovely woman who used to work for the Pop-Up Globe Oh, cool She was just like, yeah Because I ran into the director It was directed by Yvonne Versick Who also runs the student theatre there Right So it was lovely to see her again And she introduced me to her friend And yeah, we were talking about You know, the state of theatre and whatnot Um, So yeah, lovely to meet her Then we went in And we watched Kill Climate Deniers And so it was really impressive In terms of like the way it looked (laughs) did like it? <laughs> um, There was a lot of projection and like live feed And all that jazz Taking full advantage of the new theatre Indeed yeah. Uh, yeah so that was really wonderfully handled Like that was very slick and cool uh, It was a, like, a, like a hefty cast I think it was like 11 people How many of them do they kill? How many people in the cast do they kill? How many of the climate deniers do they kill? I'm not sure you have a firm grasp on what theatre is, James. No, it's, called Kill, Kill it's called Kill Climate Tonight. It's called Kill Climate Tonight. The night! The night! <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's this sprawling piece of theatre and it's kind of like quite metatheatrical at times, um, which the, the, the decision making behind some of the choices was illuminated by talking to the director afterwards about the fact that there was a lot of collaboration with the playwright about the way that they would adapt this production to... The current situation Because it's a very political play So it needs to kind of Engage directly With the current day Like one of the conditions Of the licensing Was that they had to adapt To the current day In order for it to be relevant. Oh, that's pretty nifty. Piece of theatre Yeah it's great It's super cool Yeah um, But yes So but uh, Yeah So it sort of like Went through And the idea <laughs> oh was God. We kind of like Follow this politician um, And she's the environment What's the term Again these are not words That stick in my brain Do Yeah it, no like The environment minister Sure the minister um, that looks after the world. <laughs> Is that <Yeah>. a tree? <laughs> I'm the minister for that. Um, yeah, but her name was Monique Morani, the actor. I'm um, not. And fuck, she was good. Oh yeah. She was so. She just had like comic timing so hard. Hilarious. Like it was and it was just one of the you, it, you just relaxed because it was like she's funny. She's great. I can watch her do whatever she wants. Um, and it was great. It was very easy to just like watch her hold everything together. Amazing. Not that she was surrounded by shambles, but it was like <laughs> she was like a real fantastic focal point. Yeah, to like yeah. This girl now has, knows how to tell a joke. Um, So that was really fun. So I was like watching her kind of attend a Fleetwood Mac concert at Parliament House in Canberra. And she's sort of dealing with this issue that because the like climate change. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's pretty bad. And so no, the current the current that a good thing in the plan change the current the current scientific plan to deal with climate change is to release release annually a cloud of sulfur into the atmosphere that will block out some amount of the sun. So there'll be like a like a milky white hue around the world to protect it from global warming. That sounds like how Snowpiercer started. Yeah, because they release all those chemicals into the atmosphere to stop this the planet from heating up. I've only seen the movie version of Snoopy. They so do that in the movie as well. They do. Yeah. Okay, I didn't pay a lot of attention. No, no, you wouldn't have. It was too cool. It could not, not in it's the temperature a great sense. Film. Yeah, it was sure. It was just a little bit too like slick and like it boyish. It was a bit on the nose as well. Of like this train is a monument to class. You know, like <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. also just a little bit too serious. What do you, you mean know, I like series. a giggle. It, it was very goofy. It, it, not beyond the premise, not beyond... It, it's all on a train. It's, it's a train film. We <laughs> love train That's funny. Films. Train yeah. to Busan, Snowpiercer, Snakes on a Train. <laughs> There's more train <laughs> movies out there. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the whole thing is like red hot satire, this play. The train movie or this? No, the, the Kill Climate Deniers. Okay. It's, it's like red hot satire talking about, yeah, the climate situation and how everyone deals with it and like the way that we attempt to have widespread social discourse surrounding global warming, but it's hampered by the efforts of politicians especially, and also the media generally. Right. Is is what they're taking aim at. And what happens sort of like, maybe like a quarter of the way through the piece is... A bunch of eco-terrorists Break into Parliament House And hold everyone hostage Because it's like a concert For all the politicians I'm assuming the audience members Were the audience members they For the concert were And if you're gonna Yes, you jumping to that point I will jump to my attached point Which Territic. is I don't appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> When people point guns at me Oh my god, no <laughs> Because really? it was like a group of fluorescent green people That were threatening all these politicians That were at this Fleetwood Mac concert And as you rightly guessed We were the stand-ins for them And so we were getting guns th- like pointed at us And me, as a child <laughs> And... <laughs> Get very easily startled By such behaviour <laughs> I know it's not valid criticism okay, It's right. not criticism I'm as just saying you know, My experience was that I get scared When you point even A very clearly fake gun at a me a point think gun at Jake Oh my god We are post Alec Baldwin be- We're post Alec Baldwin Being a murderer You cannot yeah, He's a murderer a, He's a stone cold murderer He killed a guy He killed a guy Well it was a lady, lady. But you know <laughs> I'm using guy In the gender neutral sense Absolutely Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So apart from Alec Baldwin mm-hmm. Killing someone Yes <laughs> Which we need to Not let people forget Maybe not Talk about as well <laughs> But uh, Anyway So that's, that's How that goes And then we kind of Like flip flop Between watching These people Threaten all these Politicians and media Personalities And then go back To watching This uh, the, the politician The environments minister Try to get into Because she's in the bathroom When she realises That they're being Held oh, hostage that, that's And funny. so it's about Her and her very funny Assistant Trying to get into that trying to like, they first consider escaping from so all of the hard. house. They die hard. They do the die hard. I don't they? I haven't seen die hard. It's where like he's like in the vents, going like taking them out one by one, and like getting the eco terrorists out of there. I suppose again, I have to believe you. Yes, they die hard. I've never <laughs> seen die hard, but I know enough about die hard to know that's the it's a Christmas movie. Um, sure. Mm. Um, I know what what's what? Fleetwood Mac doing all this? Fleetwood Mac is prepared. Like, what are they this doing? Thing where like I'm what? glad you actually asked because I do want to point out the fact that Lucas Rint mm. is. Astound... Just really, really great. Oh, great. Um, he's, he's, this, he's an actor in the show and he sure. plays Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> in that... So the whole thing... And this ties to the the form itself. So the play very much has inside of it... The, it's not just very distinctly the voice of David Finnegan, the writer. But he's also implanted himself in it. And is played by Ryan Hamilton. And <laughs> I didn't know... <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't David Finnegan <laughs> Okay So Ryan Hamilton's coming on And I didn't realise it was Ryan Hamilton Because I follow Ryan Hamilton on Instagram Right I didn't know because I guess it was just because he was putting on an accent <laughs> And it was it like It doesn't take much to trick old Jeffy. I'm really stupid yeah. And I thought for the entire play I thought that's David Finnegan The guy who wrote this play And he's just in it And that's just the type of narcissist that he is Uh huh um, And the whole time it was Ryan Hamilton playing wow. David Finnegan good actor Good actor, dumb Jake. Dumb Jake. Dumb Jake, good actor. Yeah, Ryan was great at it. He was that great that I believed it. (laughs) That's called acting, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so David Finnegan, for better or worse, is a very like constant presence inside of the work. (laughs) And he he has insights about the drafting process of the script. He has like little trivia moments that he has to say about um, the way that they talk in Canberra. And 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 his music taste This ongoing thing he had in the show was talking about His taste in music And the, the musical underscore throughout the show And I get that it's part of the tone of the thing But this again comes down to Jake's gripes and Jake being dumb and Jake's taste But it felt at a point like it would be like there someone would be like, oh, we're about to have a fight, so let's play a song to underscore this fight. And then one of the characters would be like, this song's great because it uses this sample from this thing, and it is this type of music. And it started to feel like when you get trapped in a really annoying conversation with a music dweeb. I was going to say, Jake, I'm sorry, this sounds unbearable. <laughs> like, that sounds unbearable. To sure, me. I'd say that facet absolutely was, but maybe deliberately. Anyway, I don't want to sound like I'm tearing this thing apart because it was like it's an absolutely very well-intentioned, like crucial piece of theater. In terms of its subject matter, like what it's dealing with, absolutely It definitely triggered for me thoughts of the the, the, the intention of the show being very clear mm. Which is great, that we need to do something about the climate Um, I wish there were a way of making... People like climate deniers and people that could actually make a difference, like politicians, mm. aware of its content and yeah. somehow drill it into their minds and to like force them to take some action. It's bonkers that they don't. It's bonkers. It really illuminated the fact of like, especially, and I'm sure this was part of the intention as well, dr- characterising us in the audience as like the stand-in Politicians and media people that were being threatened by these eco-terrorists It was I th- certainly supposed to illuminate inside of you of Like oh what have I personally done In order to try to stop the climate crisis from occurring Oh sure And then I guess you're also meant to go on the same mental journey of like I don't know if it's up to me it's anymore not, It's not us You know it's, it's, it's the politicians it And is. it's the media people it's the and, it's, and it's the people owning all these companies Like there yeah. was a part where they were doing this really nice choreographed dance number And behind them there was this slideshow of the 10 largest contributors to global warming mm. around the world um, so all those facts Were in there as well I came away from it Obviously like um, As we talked about A couple of weeks ago as well Very anxious about the climate yes. I'm surprised <laughs> i surprised you saw A show about climate change Yeah um, And it, But um, It was Oh sorry And yeah Lucas Rint was playing Fleetwood Mac A person Because David Finnegan Didn't know Or at least pretended Not to know For comic effect What Fleetwood Mac was so Okay So right, this right, running right, right. joke Of like Fleetwood Mac is just A guy Named Fleetwood <laughs> that, Mac I mean that's pretty funny uh, Yeah That's my sort of joke Yeah um, But yeah it was cool Again I just want to hammer home Lucas Rent is great And Great Yeah um, But yeah It was like Honestly one of the most impressive things about it Was like the tech Of the whole thing Mm. And just the cast being Especially with them all being students Yeah It was like There was just They they were really really Fantastic performers And they worked really well As an ensemble And they were just like A charming bunch of people Oh that's so lovely Um, I realize I need it Sounds like a nice night out Apart from the dread of climate change (laughs) Yeah Slowly crushing down on us all. Yeah, um, And final cast mention cast um, was Sarah Matthews playing Beverly Isle. Beverly she, Isle. She's, so she's playing like almost um, like a Lavinia Nixon. She's almost playing like a young Melissa Doyle. She's playing like, yep. um, you know, just she, one of those like approachable seeming kind of like pretty blonde women who's on television. Like one of those like Channel 7 ladies. Okay. Who's yep. just like there to make the news palatable and like sweet and just trying to like not take anything too seriously like yep. one of those ladies it's yep. like hi everyone i'm on sunrise and i'm talking to you about the current political I situation you on sunrise jake thank you one of those women and she's yep. in like this perfectly selected dress <laughs> <laughs> um the sort of thing that yeah I, like melissa doyle would wear to the logies or something is melissa doyle the one that was like you need to change your dress I can't, we can't all be wearing white. No, light. I forget what that woman's oh, name is. I love my it. God, I love that conflict so I love like so her. Much. She's horrible. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Melissa Doyle's like from Sunrise. She's like her and David Kosh. Is David Kosh the uh, bald one? The bald one with the irritating voice that knows about finance, but I, I wasn't there something where he didn't really have a degree or something? <laughs> He's like the Dr. Phil of the economical world. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, but, yeah. all. but yes, uh, she really, really, really well played this character and she had this sort of like long ranty monologue about how she doesn't blame herself or the media for uh, the way that people are dealing with climate change, um, the huh. cracks of it being that she tries her best to get scientists to explain themselves, and the masses just don't understand the scientists, and then tr- gets mad at almost the science community for not being better communicators. I mean, that's kind of that's a fairly interesting point. She made some really interesting points. It was nice that this play wasn't just like this one-sided like piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, they could have very easily just gone down that route. However. You know, like everyone, yeah, every perspective kind of had a champion. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting, and in that way it kept it stimulating. Like it wasn't just someone serving aces throughout an entire tennis match. It was like there were some volleys. I still think <laughs> we should kill climate deniers. A great stance. Thank anyway, you. yeah, it was great to see. It's always just really exciting to see what Monash is doing at student theatre. It's a really without a course about performing arts. <laughs> university without a performing arts course, but a great theatre, a great student theatre. Hello, Jake. Hello, James. How uh, was you, what did you, did you get up to anything on the weekend? What? What do you want me to say? Say yes. Say uh, yes. Ah, oh, I know you did because <laughs> we went to the theater together again. Yes, we did. We what did. a treat! What a treat! We went to um, Umta, the eh. uh, University of Melbourne Musical. Theatre Association? You went into that really confident. Did, and you came, out, I, of came out of it Very loose. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for. And I will not check because I'm so confident. Good. Um, <laughs> research is for fatties. <laughs> um, t- University yeah. of Melbourne Music Theatre Association. Yep. Nailed it in the first try. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the long-awaited, spooked long long-dreamed-of... Yep. Yep. Footloose! Hey. We went to Footloose. Yeah, we were we sitting there. <laughs> it was great. Um, should quickly run through the plot of Footloose? I mean, look, my what? first and foremost thing is Footloose is not well written. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a, what, like, a, a first I, I had a great time, loved the show. Great. Right. But it's a badly written plot. Like, the plot's dumb. Are you talking about the plot or, like, the writing? Both, actually. Of the musical in particular. It's just, it's a bit hammy, and it's a bit, like... I don't know. There were some lines in there that I was just like, oh, okay. Um, this is a horrible way to come out. The gates. <laughs> Jake, save me. I'm drowning. Um, you're drowning? Okay, sure. I'd say you even calling it hammy. Are you suggesting that hammy is a negative quality? No. Because <laughs> you could call Mamma Mia hammy and that's perfect theatre. Yeah, but that feels better to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, Did, I think you it's you just also th- my hatred of the Midwest American sort of... Working man sort of premise. I James, just, that is an absurd perspective. I hate that. Just show. in the set. No, because everything should be set there. No. Honestly, oh. oh my god, James! There was something so magical about the way that everyone was doing a southern accent, and none of them matched. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Doc, we gotta talk about the accents. First things first, the accents. Every single one of them had a, had a southern accent, and you're absolutely right. They were all from. Different countries, it was all a different. The South, tape. and I loved yeah. it. Loved it I loved so it much because it was almost like you could imagine they were actually just in an asylum. <laughs> <laughs> they were all so intense. Um, we'll get to it. We'll get. There's a few. We'll get to it. Um, plot. Yeah, plot. Let's go through plot. Jake, you go through plot. Okay, you're so, better at it. <clears throat> there's there's a car crash. A, okay, this is my thing. That I. I <laughs> so I when you say remember. Jake, you go for it. You just mean Jake. Say a sentence, and, and I will, and you. then I'll start <laughs> rapping So the, the show opens with. Uh, A very handsome... Oh, wait a second. So are you going to run us through the show now or just the plot? Uh, I... They're two different things. Okay, plot. No, I'm curious. I just want to know. Well, plot because car crash. But I wanted to just say the car crash confused me. I didn't get it. Okay, the car crash confused you. The car crash confused me. In the way that they conveyed the car crash? In the way that it started with the car crash and then it just said five years later. I was like, I guess a car crashed somewhere. Yeah, And then five years later happened. <laughs> that confused me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just going to leave with that. No, that's super duper valid because they could, like, as they do in the script, you could just not have any signposting of the car crash and then refer to it just as a thing that happened in the past. Yeah. Because especially, like, unless you're going to do something, like, theatrically interesting with the car crash, this production, they just did, like, a screeching car sound effect and then, yeah, well, the, well, well, then there was a flash forward moment. All while someone just stood on stage, which was... It was an interesting choice. Are uh, we going to move on from that minute because it sounds like we're slagging the show. We're not. <laughs> we love the oh, show. That's just we like, had a great time. It's a strange beginning. It is a, a It was it was like do I need to remember that and I forgot it immediately. Um so Jake plot. Go on, I will not interrupt you. There's a car crash. There's a car crash. And then we jump forward a little bit. We do. And then we're in this Five town. 5 years. What's that Beaumont? Is that Chicago the town? first of all? Of course we're in Chicago because we're watching Ren McCormack pack up his Ugh. house with his mother. Sexy sexy Ren McCormack. I don't know if you know this or the, like if we've mentioned it or not, but I think you don't you know the actor I do know the actor I know him quite well He is my boyfriend Your boyfriend, my boyfriend. Your boyfriend His, his name, name is Sexy sexy dancy boyfriend Flynn His name is Flynn oh, Am Flynn. I saying that right You're saying that right Flynn, Flynn your boyfriend Yeah well done I'll this try to remember it never gets old Flynn your boyfriend Flynn, My boyfriend Ren, played Ren McCormack Ren McCormack And he can It's yeah, another case of just An excellent uh, accent on stage He Excellent accent He he was as good at his accent As everyone else Was Jake, good at their own Yeah <laughs> No, again, I don't to the plot Again, next the plot. This is not a weakness of the show No, no, it made it so endearing Every, Oh my god Something that was magical was everyone's take on their own southern accent They all went so hard, it was so good It was beautiful oh. Ren McCormack and his mother are packing up to, like Leaving Chicago, going to Beaumont Which is a small town that no one in Chicago has heard of Yes, And they're going... Um, in the wake of his father and her husband leaving them out of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're going to beaumont they go there then they get there and it's this like big old southern town where everyone seems to know each other and recently <laughs> kind of like quite immediately after the car crash we come to learn the priest who's like the the, the minister who's like Pretty much runs the town because he's also on the board of the people that make the town decisions. Yeah, like he the- seems to be the king for some reason. <laughs> yeah. He's the king of the town. Makes the rules and like he has like a bunch of Christian women friends who are on the board with him and they make decisions for the town rules. And there's a town ordinance in the wake of this car crash that singing and dancing has been outlawed because they blame it for the car crash that it occurred, killing... Four children who were drunk and high at the time of the car crash. One of whom is revealed to be the son of the minister. Are you reading this from somewhere? No, this is Oh my just... god, that's a very thorough <laughs> plot analysis. Any hooselbees, he Should has... Again ensues. <laughs> yes, the minister also has a bisexual daughter. Apparently. And they, yeah, and the kids in town are just in town. And then everything's about to get shaken up. Now that was interesting. What? Sorry to completely interrupt you. Go ahead. I don't care about what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Bisexual daughter. Yes, what? Because I, 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 have never seen *Foolish*, but I could tell that, um, uh, what's the main character's name? Ariel. The main girl's name, Ariel. Yeah. Um, her girlfriend, uh, Chuck, the cheerleader. Yes, was obviously <laughs> meant to be a big butch man. And that's also just good advice. Chuck, chuck the, cheer- the cheerleader. Yeah, chuck her in the air. should will no land flip. on her <laughs> yeah. feet. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting change. And I kind of liked it because I spoke to Flynn about the show afterwards. Yeah. And sort of explained that character was originally a big butch, older, creepy man. Sure. And for a show that already has so much, like, domestic abuse and slaps and, like, just... <laughs> it was just... It felt nicer it to have... It doesn't have that many slaps. Three songs got stopped by a slap. <laughs> Three that I counted were stopped by a slap. Or someone's like, almost stepping in the slapping. way of it. Almost like, sure, I've I'm never not. slapped someone in my life. Mm-hmm. You did that too fast, sir. <laughs> um, That felt like a nice change because it turned less of, like, creepy, letterous old geezer and more of, like, jealous... Conceited girlfriend cheerleader Which I thought was a more interesting story Than I would have been invested And it would have just sent me down the track of I hate the midwest American stories They're just so annoying and shit <laughs> What? <laughs> just another, I don't know I'm, I'm, So what do you say, if it had been a boy If it had been a, a, an old lecherous man Which it was in the original I don't think I would have liked the story as much as I did Okay Yeah, that's what I'm saying um, Honestly <laughs> um, Right, here we go With the decision to make Chuck a girl um, it led me down the path, and this, of course, is nothing against—you'll have to remind me of his name. What is your boyfriend's name? I hate you so much. <laughs> nothing at all against Flynn, who Thank was you. marvelous in in the piece. Um, it led me down the path of why isn't the lead character a woman? Yeah, that is interesting, and I think because they, I think I believe initially in the casting process they were sort of tossing up which role because they did want to sort of bend a few roles. Yeah, and there was—I think it was definitely on the cards to do that. But I'm just going to go out and say they just. Went with the best before. They went with, they the, went best with the best before! before. You cannot yes. tell me Flynn is not an incredible performer. Oh my god, James, none oh of this god. is. None no, of this no, 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 I know. This isn't me attacking. This none... is now me segueing into let's talk about Flynn well, being this an incredible is, performer. Right. Well, this is me also <laughs> saying that, yeah, this is absolutely nothing to do with the performance. Yeah. It made, the, the decision to make Chuck a woman led me in the path of, like, if this is going to be a queer story, mm. which it decidedly isn't. Like, it's not a queer story. The girl being bisexual or pansexual does not Doesn't get really dealt with. The story. Like, the fact that her, like, preacher, like, father walks in on the two of them having, like, lesbian sex. Is not worse because she's a lesbian. Mm. It's just that it's sex. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas if you wanted to make it into a queer story, turning it into a tale of like a like a renegade girl coming into a town, and then a girl who's with a shitty guy starts falling for this like girl from Chicago. Yeah, that lends itself more to a queer narrative. Oh, totally. But yeah, that's just an, yeah, that's just a thought that I had. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so Ren comes into town. While dancing, it's informed that he, that he can't do that. Yes, and everyone's like, don't dance. And he's like, why not? Dancing. Yeah. And then they say, you can't dance. Yeah. Different women are in different types of abusive relationship. Uh, mm. Like the, the, the woman married to the preacher. He's clearly changed a lot since the death of their son. And she's dealing with having to be married to this new man who doesn't treat her or her daughter very well. Oh my god, and that, that is... I need to quickly... Now I'm going Emma Gare, to Emma Gare, Emma Gare, insane, uh-huh. magnificent, the most vocal control, like to be able to sort of perform a song while absolutely sobbing and still nail all of the really beautiful high notes. Yeah. Oh, super great. well, well done, I Emma. do want to take this opportunity and I feel like this may lead into Go a on. larger speech. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be? Um, oh, who, what is the name of the guy that played the priest? Oh fuck. Who um, plays the minister? Joshua Sumner. Joshua Sumner oh. played the hot priest <laughs> Now we have to preface this He what? is 18 He's a... <laughs> But he doesn't seem it <laughs> No Out he comes It's like You are the right man to cast as a a sad angry priest His 18 year old named Joshua Sumner oh Somehow god. plays a hot priest Convincingly in a way that like He is grieving the death of a son Who is the age he currently is <laughs> Yeah 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 that's a really good point mm. Yeah no what Yeah oh my god He came out and was like Oh you're a priest <laughs> He, yeah, delivers, the priest. he delivers a sermon towards the end That was gripping theatre yes. <laughs> Yeah no that sermon was great And everyone just coming out and standing there and listening I was getting choked up And like some of what he was saying was kind of nonsense <laughs> Most The crux of it was like I spoke to a young boy last night He changed night. his mind so quickly <laughs> And I think dancing is fine <laughs> now Okay <laughs> 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 Let That's loose the beat um, I need to Okay we need to immediately dive into Um and this, I, I, if we're talking about cast members, we need to start, because there's a lot to get through. There's a lot of stars in this show. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, Nina Gire Oh my god. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm obsessed. I cannot get over like she. so she plays one of, like, the, um... Three, one of the Heathers. Basically one of the Heathers. She's one of the three <laughs> little, um, little girls that sort of hang around with Ariel. And they're all sort of, like, chums together. And they all have, like, a very friendly, healthy relationship I really like. Um, Rusty is the character's name. Okay. And Jake... Every moment that girl was on stage, <laughs> she was doing something. She was, she was, she was active. She was engaged, and I just could not stop looking at her. And I love her, and I want her to be on more stages. And I want, I, I think she's in a production of West Side Story coming up soon that we need to go and see. Amazing! So we need to go and do that. Of course, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. happy to see what this girl does. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Physically speaking, and like, I oh, know, uh, like, as far as her being like an amazing dancer and like an amazing stage presence, mm. uh, her comic timing, which I think is just an undervalued Unmatched. quality in a performer, yeah. she just like, yeah, again, knows how to be funny. Yeah, really nailed it. Yeah, um, yeah, and that entire trio of of women are incredible. Like, it's um, Joja Bold as Wendy Jo, which is a mouthful, uh-huh. uh, and Darcy Toe as Oleen. That mm-hmm. little that entire triumvirate was just like, oh. Absolutely There was absolutely this point When the four of them Were singing Holding Out for a Hero Oh fuck That was good They were like The four of them Come to the front of the stage n- Nailing this song um, And it's like Coming towards the end And I'm like I want this to be Footloose <laughs> Why isn't <laughs> Why isn't Footloose Like a four woman show mm-hmm. That is just about them Looking for men <laughs> They were that good <laughs> Just having like a fun Sexy sassy high school time Oh um, yeah And yeah. they dance sometimes I Why isn't that. this the That's show That's the spinoff we need Oh my god Yeah. What would that be called Oh my god Footloose I mean, 2. Honestly, yeah, I was booster. just... i It made me dream of a jawbreaker musical. That's all I wanted to see. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll pay that. Yeah. I want yeah. that show to be more, like, supernatural than it was. <sighs> then watch be... Charmed. What do you mean? No, watch I The wanna... Craft. No, I want a jawbreaker. You want a jawbreaker to yeah. have magic in yes! it? Yes. What would the magic who would have been what do I you? I thought mean? the dead one would come back. As a witch? Yes, I thought they were like gonna resurrect her or something. It was all about them like trying to like get her through school without <laughs> anyone noticing that she was secretly a corpse. Wait What? That's literally to- what I thought the plot of Jawbreaker. You thought jawbreaker was gonna be weakened at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, but for hot girls. <laughs> Next! What? Next! <laughs> Next! <laughs> Next, I'm done talking to you. And you would have wanted that movie yes! to happen. When she didn't come back in sunglasses. I stopped watching the movie. I got halfway through and stopped watching. <laughs> Thank you very much. Are we going to talk about him? Are we going to talk about who? Are we, we, we going to talk, talk about Flynn? Or does it feel conceited to talk about Flynn? It well, It doesn't feel conceited. I feel like there's a level of bias going on. Oh, hey, uh, full disclosure. I'm in love with Flynn Smeaton. So Jake, you're going to need to take the reins on this one. I, I don't want to take those reins They're sopping wet They're <laughs> very moist <laughs> Talk um, about your boyfriend James. I knew he could dance Like I knew he could dance But when he came on For the first moment And he like does this like Move with his hips It was just sort of like Oh You're a professional dancer And it's just The amount of Well this goes for everyone In the show The amount of like Movement and dancing Obviously in the show Footloose That everyone does Is impressive And they did two shows The, da- the night that we saw them you're laughing at me. Yeah, no, go on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but th- but like for him to come out and just nail every move like that was just amazing. I am impressed. I am proud. And I will not go on much longer because I don't want to prattle on too much because I will. I will because I love him a lot and I think he's amazing and I need you to stop me now. <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah. Were, yep. There any, were there any themes in Footloose that really resonated with you? No. There weren't. Fuck no. It's like, ugh. I don't know. Love the show, love the production. It was incredible watching uh, students do their thing and be so fun Mm -hmm. and have a good time. But no, I don't know. Footloose is just sort of like, I don't know what it is, Jake. I think it genuinely is the setting that makes me just completely want to disengage with it. I just do not care about a small American town. I don't care about it. Why? I don't know. I can't tell you. There is something about it that makes me go... Even when you say you don't care about it. I don't care about it. That's the setting and because it's in that setting... You go... Like you could literally set that in like Any other place And I might be more interested in it And you can't tell why That setting is so disengaging I can't figure it out I think it's just banal Boring beige American bullshit I don't care Even though it. footloose occurs in it I love the show And I love, I love watching the show But I just I don't... But then... I'm saying But even though it sounds like it, it seems as if you've had negative experiences With stories that no, have been in this no, setting No, I think I don't think I have I think I've just seen enough of them uh, uh, My mind thinks about that sort of setting and it, it like slips off But I loved the show You know what I mean? Do you sure. know what I mean? Have you ever thought of something that is just so done to death That you just, you can't look at it and go Oh, that's interesting I just can't do Absolutely. it Absolutely I was this morning helping a good friend of mine Film an audition for another Australian crime drama Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yep, yep, same thing And I just can't I can't it's do like, it There are so many of them that everyone must be dead <laughs> How can we feel the need to reflect this reality so often? So much. There must be so many murders occurring. It's all (laughs) we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's say more nice things about the show because it was lovely. I will, however, start to point out, when we went to see it on closing night, there was someone in the audience. Oh! It's a classic classic James hating someone in the audience, but I'm going to do it. Fantastic. No one is safe. There were two distinct moments. Like, there was a line where someone was like, that's what all men are like. And someone in the audience was like, period! And it was sort of like, no one could laugh because everyone had to stop and listen to this person do that and then sort of like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And that just killed it for me. Sure. And there was another moment they, the same person interrupted and like, said something out loud like, like it was a sort of call-out show. They yelled work well, before a bunch too. of women characters were about to do something sassy. Classic, because work, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, it's just another classic case of like, it's not that sort of show, Please. And I will not hang my boots up on this one. I'm, I'm angry. I'm <laughs> angry. I'm out for blood. So there's no space for that sort of behaviour? No, absolutely not. Okay, It's sure. annoying to me. So it's even Because it was closing night, wasn't it? It was closing night. So even on closing night, you're not open to no, those sorts of shenanigans? No. Are you okay if cast members do something funny on closing night? Or are you against that as well? You mean in the show? Yes. I think that's fine. Because, Why is that different? Because they're the ones doing the show for us. When this person did that, it was sort of like... I'm here for me. <laughs> yeah, and like like I said, it's them there to put the show on for us. So I'm there to see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to hear someone in the audience have a good time. I liked okay. the way that there was like a big curtain at the back of the stage. Yes. And they would light it blue for daytime scenes. <laughs> and then they would sweep it aside to show the stars behind it when yeah, it was a nighttime that scene. That was cute. That I was loved cute. that. I also loved there was a wonderful moment when everyone had just been dancing. It was a big fun time. And then they're all leaving after this big fun number. And up the stairs comes the Reverend's wife, dressed like she's going to a funeral. It was just an incredible scene of, oh, here's a long-suffering woman here to have a serious moment. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I thought that was great. And I could hear you behind me laughing as well. It was fantastic. It was a great scene. Almost got lost in the joy of that number. It's like, oh no, (laughs) clip-clop, here comes the fun police. It was pretty good. Oh, that's right. She's still in a marriage that isn't going very well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There were some really wonderful moments. Um, Also, I want to shout out to, um, I think his name, I think he plays Willem. Will Palmer. Um, Magnificent. Mm -hmm. He plays, like, the goofy redneck sort of friend, and I loved him. There are a few people in this show that were just the sort of actors that are so charismatic that they can just sort of carry a role really easily, and I think he was one of them. Sure. You know what I mean? And that scene where, like, he learns how to dance. Magnificent. Uh And here's another thing. Jake, this show had a hoedown. Yeah. You famously love a hoedown. I do, Thoughts? Rate it. I wish it had been a bit harder. <laughs> I um, wanted a harder hoedown. Harder more. hoedown? What would a harder hoedown be? Just more stomping. More stomping. More, more big boots swishing. Yep. Um. More pretend lassoes. There were not enough pretend lassoes. Yeah, that's I, true. More like, yeah, like thigh slapping. I just like it when it's a bit gruntier. I like a dirty hoedown. You like it. You know? You do like I like people ground. getting tossed around. I like shoves. I like a physical hoedown. Wow. This one, they looked like they were really good pals. I was, I was really happy for him. Yep. And this yep. is a taste thing, but I love it like a hoedown where you might get hurt. <laughs> that's that's the most Jake thing I've ever heard. Thank you. Yeah, um, great time. Footloose. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about the show? No, I don't think so. Um, I will, I will watch anything set in this vague segment of the South. I will come with you, but I won't be happy about it. <laughs> what a treat that'll be for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we spoke about four shows and have still only nearly come to how long the episode was where we spoke about Harry Potter. Oh, sure. It's thank a you long for... Harry Potter episode. <laughs> yeah, well, they packed a lot into a two-part crap stravaganza. Yeah, I think we said enough about it. Um, you're <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks so much for being here. It's nice to have you in our mouths while we're in your ears. In what way are they in our mouths? Our, we're holding their ears in our mouths while we talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> caressing them with our tongue. Yeah, that's pretty sexy. Yeah, no. Um anyway, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a, It was a lot of like theater jibber jabber today. So a lot of hope, it yeah, yeah. So I. I hope that was like stimulating enough for you. <laughs> let us know. Talk to us. Reach out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We've got an Instagram. We've got an email address. Praise Dionysus at gmail.com Praise him. Um. Let praise us know. Praise him if, is not a part of the email. No. But praise him though. Praise him. Um. Let us know if there's a thing that you want us to come to, and we will talk about it. Yeah. Give us a ticket. We'll come and see it and talk about it a bunch. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. You're the best. Um is there anything else to to harp on before again, if you're having a rough time, let someone know. <laughs> yes, I guess that's the, the word or Cry on your way to the supermarket and walk around until you feel okay. But maybe <laughs> don't do that one unless. You don't have. do that one. Don't do that one. It didn't call work. a friend. Call anyone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the supermarket plan's a bad one. So <laughs> yeah. So call somebody. Famously. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, friends don't let friends become theater critics. Ingr- yes, and and yep. also we may already disagree with everything we just said.